Inquiry podcast, as always in association with systembet.co.uk. I'm Catherine Fry. Joining me as ever is Lee Keys of systembet.co.uk and John Lang of John Joe's Blogspot on Facebook. Well, what a weekend we have in store. Superb racing on both sides of the RSC. This week we've got Cheltenham and Punchestown. The highlight here, of course, being the Paddy Power Gold Cup. Punchestown on Sunday, they have the Grade 1 Morgiana Hurdle. We're going to be taking a little look at uh, those two cards very shortly. First of all, just want to deal with some listener questions that I've been sent in. As always, thanks ever so much for listening and thanks for the questions. We do very much appreciate them. Uh, from Invicta Capital on Twitter, great question this. Uh, who in the media is worth listening to? And in the words of Barney Curley, who is the biggest takeout merchant? And on that note, is Barney a hero or a villain? John, you're my favourite to answer this. Thought I might have been. Um, the people I like to listen to, um, so I'll, uh, I'll start on a positive note and then just get progressively worse. Um, I quite like Simon Rowlands, mm-hmm. as he's a completely different approach to myself. Um, and often gives quite a good counterpoint to where I'm thinking about a particular race or whatever. Um, I like Tony Calvin. Yeah. He uh, says what he thinks. Yeah. Um, lets the heart roll the head occasionally, a bit like myself, um, mm-hmm. which again I quite like. Um, and that's enough of being positive. Let's get on to the takeout <laughs> merchants. <laughs> um, right, your ex-jockeys, for starters. Um, why you would employ anybody just to spout cliches, especially with sinus trouble like George Baker has, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. He's snuttering and stammering his way through a car every, every day, you know, and... You get no insight whatsoever. It's just this is a really nice horse. No, this, there's nothing there. There's not, nothing leaps off the page at you. He's, uh, he's a worthy successor to the useless Dale Gibson who we used to appear uh, with monotonous regularity. Uh, the only good thing about Dale Gibson being on the telly was the fact that you weren't likely to be backing something he was riding if he was on the telly. <laughs> um, so, uh, I, I would class most of the ex-jockeys who appear Tony McCoy I find quite agreeable on, uh, on yeah he, say, he, uh, says what, he says what he thinks no? I, yeah. think, I um, think the realm of ex-jockeys the two who I don't mind listening to are actually Tony McCoy and, and Ruby Walsh I, I do think Ruby's very good on RTV yeah, he's um, he, he's got a bit of a Dennis Taylor persona about him um, for me. He's, he's got that little bit of smug attitude, but he, he does talk sense. Um, mm. he, he's a bit more prone to common sense than his old man, who <laughs> um, so, uh, tends to rent a bit too much playing for my liking. I'm sort of Paul Nichols liking, apparently. But... <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can put up with both of those two. Um, I wouldn't mind them giving Paul Carberry a go, actually. I think he'd be quite entertaining, but... Apparently, no. um, I, 
apparently he he do, always does a preview evening in the north on the run up to Cheltenham, and um, he is known to get the crowd singing Sweet Caroline and then take them all clubbing afterwards. <laughs> and reports of him ending up in a Tesco trolley at about 3am. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, I think, but again, the, as There's we... There's nothing not to like about Paul, is it, really? <laughs> no, and I, I definitely, people who have an opinion and, and have a strong opinion and aren't afraid to say to say what they think but of course if you do that in racing then you'll be you'll be struck off by the by the noble elite absolutely you know i mean the last thing they want is opinions are uh, even constructive criticism you know God, mm. God forbid it's criticism for the sake of criticism yeah but even the constructive stuff they don't want absolutely not I mean, I remember, um, we're going back a few seasons here, but um, do you remember when Kid Cassidy put in all those special leaps at Aintree? Oh, yeah. And um, I think it was um, Rishi that said to um, Nicky Henderson, when he then won at Cheltenham, he said, well, what happened? Just literally said, you know, can you shed any light on what happened at Aintree? And he, to be fair, like, he wasn't even inciting anything he was literally just asking the question and old um old night nurse himself went went off on like off literally what 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 are you suggesting and actually he wasn't actually suggesting anything i think it was a genuine question to have asked like what did happen at Andrew? yeah it was absolutely ridiculous night nurse storms off to conduct a few more pre-race checks <laughs> <laughs> bit like when he said that Binocular was working well and would win the champion hurdle at the Sandown preview the, the Saturday before Cheltenham and there he was munching away in Martinstown. Anyway, we move on. Lee, what's your take on... Um, on, uh, on... Similar to John, really. Uh, like George Bake is quite quite amusing, really. Well, he isn't amusing. I mean, it's just... <laughs> I mean, the, the, there's there's more smoke blowing there than, than you know. It, it, it is ridiculous. Um I find it embarrassing that they can't get anyone that offers some kind of opinion other than, uh, you know, this jockey's the best. This jockey knows what he's doing and there's no way that he'd have ridden a race like that if he didn't think that was the right race to ride. All those sort of comments, it's laughable, really. But, yeah, I agree totally what what, what John was saying, yeah. I, was, um, I mean, there's this mentality, isn't it, that jockeys know what they were doing and what have you. I mean... I, I was going to race for Mel uh, a few years ago at Redka and he had um, an apprentice jockey at the time and uh, he was leading the sauce up for Mel and uh, he came to me and he said, we're making the run in here. I said, no, we're not, we're dropping in. And he said, oh, yeah, well, he said, this wants to make the run in, it stays well. I said, well, it's dropping in. And uh, that's the end of it. He said, well, how many winners have you ridden? <laughs> I said, well, nearly as many as you when you were a licence eight, yeah? <laughs> you can actually see John delivering that line, can't you? Like, you know, you can just hear it. Um, the end of that question, though, Barney, hero villain? He's a hero in my eyes. Uh, anybody that can absolutely sort of come up with these plots and smash the bookies and do it right under the I mean 
right under their nose. Like it, you, you've got to admire the gall of the guy, haven't you? Well, having read his book, um, the, the best one for me that I was just belly laughing at is is when his uh, when his father uh, sent him to take a dog to a track, and he says, "Give it this, give it this juice before it runs, and it, you know, so, so it won't be winning." So Barney's looking through form as, as, a, as a teenager, and he's thinking, "Yeah, but this is going to win." And, and, and it, it was seven to one. So Barney didn't give it the juice. He had the un, he had the under on at seven to one of his own money. It bolts in by five. His dad says, "What's happened there? How could that have happened?" And he said, "I don't know. I don't know. I don't." It's, yeah. <laughs> and, and Barney had the under at sevens. Amazing. Yeah. You know, he's doing that to his old man. I mean, come on. Yeah, I, he's. <laughs> I, He's a hero in my eyes. Yeah. yeah. And what about you, John? Well, <laughs> I, I, I do think you, you know he deserves hero status for the way, way he's taken the bookies on face to face and and beating them more often than not. You know, uh, one of me just quickly one one of my favourite Brownie Curley stories I ever read was told to me by a very good friend that uh, professional poker player. And uh, it was the uh, the lad who got Yellow Sam ready for the, the big coup at Bellistown. And uh, Brownie was getting another one ready. And uh, this lad's, you know, he's, he's a go-to boy for stopping them, you know, and making sure that they don't get spotted. And uh, he's ridden this two or three times in that right now, and he's failing at getting stronger and stronger. He's having more and more trouble trying to keep it out of the frame, you know. Anyway, Brian, he said, no, not this time, next time, you know. So he goes out to ride it, and he's pulling his way into contention, so he jumps off at the second last. And uh, <laughs> he, he must be sure of this lad. Anyway, Brian, he has been bad, he puts fans on hold and waits till the lad's coming back, he said, now we'll go again and all this, you know. He's got that. Slightly menacing Ulster twang about him, hasn't he, Barney? You know, mm. not today. No. And so again, we got the same routine, and this lad's family starts getting stronger. He knows Barney's not going to go next time, you know. And he thinks, well, am I jumping through a fence again? And he thinks, now stuff you, Barney. And uh, he's, he's pulling his way into contention, but the second last, that he just lets it go, and it wins about 15 lengths. He comes back in, Barney can't even speak. You know, he's just apoplectic. You know, he's, he's bitten right through his cigarette. <laughs> and uh, he, he says he can feel Barney's eye burning into his back as he's, he's getting off and taking the saddle off, you know. So he just turned around and he said, I think this will get another half mile, Barney, and it'll probably win again if you get him out quick without a... <laughs> Uh, out getting reassessed and he scarpered for the way and when he said Barney hadn't spoke to him since <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's um again I it, it, like I think we spoke about this last week it's, it's the elephant in the room isn't it we we all know it goes on uh, I think if you watch as much racing as we do and over the years, you've watched as much racing as, as we have. It's, it's all very easy to spot, but, but uh, it's kind of the unspoken rule. You don't talk about it unless you're 
amongst racing people and then only in covert operations. Oh, but we move on. Um, some great questions on your page, actually, uh, John. Um, hilarious one here from Nick Davis. Do you think they should introduce a five furlong sprint from the top of the hill to liven things up a little at this meeting? We'd have great fun working out who was going to stop in the final furlong after running free down the hill. Yeah. Just <laughs> 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 trying to think how you'd, how you'd even place the stalls on that on that bend. Tim Devine, who is Pam Sly's greatest horse, Speciosa or Eileen Dover? Oh, okay, funny. Oh, that... Speciosa. Oh dear. Oh. I, mean, I mean, I've got a story about Speciosa. It was so painful. Uh, I was there for the Nell Gwynn, and she was as woolly as I've ever seen anything turn up like a woolly mammoth. And I thought, what have you done, Pam? You haven't even clipped the thing. Um, and, I, and so straight away, I'm straight on to Betfair, you know, lay, 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 lay more lay, more lay. And you know, the rest is history. She bolted up and then and then and then I was an idiot that spring because I didn't even back her in the guineas. So you know that she's turned up woolly. That's not reported anywhere that she was woolly. Oh. And then she and then you don't back her in the guineas. I mean, what an idiot. But yeah, so that was that was not my finest. But no nobody would have even looked at her before the now win apart from yourself probably. That's why it wasn't even reported. Well it, it was freezing. It was like like five yeah, degrees. Yeah, it was like it was coldest cold. April ever that year. And and I was stood there like absolutely jackets, galore, scarves. You know, it was really, really bitterly cold. And you're thinking these fillies just hadn't come to themselves, but she was particularly behind. Um, and I thought there's no chance that she's going to do a vest today, but she still won that. And then, and then I don't even like have a bet in the, the thousand winnings. <laughs> Crazy, you know, what a fool. Yeah, <laughs> not my finest hour. I think there was a bit of actors in this with Tim Devane pointing this out because I was at Doncaster with him when this ran in the Mayor Hill. Yeah. And uh, I actually said to him before the race, I said, what's that thing there with white face? I said, that looks an absolute standout again, that is. And then needless to say, I didn't back it. And uh, obviously didn't back it in the guineas. Um, just stood there open mouth as promised like I won the guineas. <laughs> uh, um, quite astonishing, really. I, I hope Eileen Dover is as good. Yeah. Uh, she, she's nice to say, Pam, with a good horse. Yeah, it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, here's a, a good question from Greg Allen. Who, in your opinion, is the best and most irritating commentator in horse racing, both past and present? What did you make of Order of Australia winning the Breeders' Cup, Mile, and Aidan O'Brien having the tri-cast? Is it something to be praised spanking the Yanks, or does it wind you up? What did you think of glass zippers, and how many bookies have barred you in your business? <laughs> right, good. Is there anything else you wanted to know? I'm going to say, does he want me to wash his car or something? Yeah, or, yeah. Know, <laughs> anything else? <laughs> a a takeaway scent? Does he want to just eat? You know, I mean... <laughs> I think it's one that we're going to have to answer in bullet points. Yeah, uh, well, bullet points for me would be uh, best commentator would be Vic Storfer for his uh, in America on for his commentary on Zenyatta in <laughs> the uh, Hollywood uh, Cup, um, and uh, the most irritating one probably would be Mike Battaglia who used to commentate at Turfway Park. And if he, anyone YouTubes him, you'll just, it's hilarious. Um, 
you know, he was he was, he was probably the funniest most commentator, funniest commentator ever I've ever heard. So yeah, uh, that's that's the two on that. Uh, O'Brien with the TriCast. Well, we we know what we think about O'Brien. Can't be doing with him in in, in big races with with loads of runners. Um, uh, what was the other questions again? Um, is it oh, something Glass- to be? Yeah, is it something to be praised spanking the Yanks, or does it wind you up? And what did you think of Glass Slippers, and how many bookies have barred you in your business? Uh, couldn't care less about 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 the Yanks and stuff like. I'm not interested in that. Um, as in Glass Slippers, amazing, amazing, and Tom Eaves. I mean. He, mm. he, he's like he can only ride five furlong horses. I mean, I mean, how, how can he win? What's he won? Three Abbey, three three Abbeys, and now one Breeders' Cup turn. <laughs> you know, and he, he's about two percent. You know, in, in in the UK, I mean, it's amazing what Tom's done on on glass slippers. Um, yeah, that, that's me done anyway. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm gonna ask John this question, and we'll just we'll finish with this one. So, John, which modern day commentator do you think is best, and which one winds you up the most? Uh, well, yeah, the commentating. I mean, I, I do like Nick Luck as a broadcaster. Yeah. Um, and he's I'll accept that. Yeah. yeah. Um, commentators, uh, one of the most irritating for me was Peter O'Sullivan. I think that's what, um, what Ian Davis has put underneath, but with lots of things that I can't read out. <laughs> yeah, um, massive after time. Um, massive. He, he spoke with absolute nonsense. Um, he carried on about 15 years longer than he should have. Um, his grand national commentaries were riddled with mistakes. He almost ruined the 77 national. Um, just trying to drop John Hammer in it when they were going to the first on the second circuit and boom, Dockery shows him. He forgot yeah. what it was. Oh, yeah, he kind of goes, but, 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 like that. Yeah, yeah then John yeah. Hammer comes in and says, Docker refused when yeah, 20 he, seconds he like out completely on that. Um, he, if you watch back some of these races, he makes some terrible jobs of, of what he actually thought were good races back in the past, you know, and you think these, uh, these commentaries absolutely ruined them, really. Uh, the mayor's beginning to get up was a... You know, a, a brief bit of daylight in the dark, to be honest. Um, uh, as regards modern day stuff, I mean, I think you've got Peter Norton there, who is flock wallpaper in human form. Crap <laughs> <laughs> as you want, as long as you don't criticise anyone. You've got to get for life, you know. The, uh, the Breeders' Cup... Wouldn't care less about Aidan O'Brien having the first three. It's just what is likely to happen on occasion when he has millions of runners. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think more of our horses should be going over there. I mean, the Yanks are just terrible at turf racing. And yeah. now, now our trainers have finally sussed that it's a long way and you need to stick a bit of condition on them before you take them. We're, we're, we're laughing, really. As, as regards glass slippers... I thought people that backed it were probably wearing sponge slippers as they bounced off the walls of the padded cells prior <laughs> uh, to the race. But you, you know you can't take it away from two percent. Tommy, give it a page. Yeah, two <laughs> percent, Tom. Brilliant. Um, I will just finish that um, very good question by saying that of all the commentators, I think and that really wind me up. 
um, as you're talking like race commentators is and I, I every time you know it's a big meeting great turn on the tv and you find that he's the commentator at the premier meeting of the day is Ian Bartlett like someone can be making a standard race move maybe just inching off the rail a bit or like you know literally moving one length up just just as you would in race riding and it's literally like he's he's done something fantastic you know and you'll just be like oh there's a move there and really shout that and um i just i don't get why he gets all the big gigs to be quite honest and there's there's a lot of people in on the commentary road that don't get a shot at the big gigs that really should i mean there's two sort of commentators that i quite like both very professional and 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 definitely um at doing their job and that's um mark slater and, and martin harris great yeah. yeah great commentators um i've had the pleasure of working with both of them really nice guys as well real dedicated to their cause and i'm like i don't these guys get shot at the big meetings mm-hmm. um you know but then again it's, it's as we know about um the game and we'll we'll we will move on to the racing i promise it's not what you know is it's it's who you know isn't it let's face it that's that's what this game runs on uh yeah. but anyway let's start with the the big race of the weekend the paddy power gold cup at cheltenham um i i really fancy one here um i'll i'll, I'll start with um Sir de Lac. i thought that his, his jumping is a novice as a novice campaign when he won at cheltenham i thought his jumping was was absolutely sensational um, pulled up in this race last year. If I remember rightly, the, just before this race last year, there was an absolute deluge, and it was literally like we were paddling on course. Um, I think as long as he's not feeling any ill effects from the awful fall that he took at the festival, when running a fantastic race at the time, I think that um, he was 12 to 1 this morning. I'm backed into 10s now. I can see him going off a lot shorter tomorrow. So that's my pick. Lee, where are you going? Yeah. Um, I mean, when you mentioned this to me earlier, um, I, I, I went back and just basically looked at the horse's career. And, you know, he's not a horse that takes a lot of racing. You can see that from the, from the gaps between runs. And you definitely think when he will shine is when he's fresh, because yeah. obviously that's... That that's the kind of horse he is. Um, it, it was very unlucky at Cheltenham, yeah. um, and when you consider that simply the bets is who is very progressive in his own right, but when he's he was sort of like five to one, and Cyrodelac was twelve to one. Yeah. the price is under pressure now. But you, you think with with the wind up as well to tighten the wind up, uh, he's a handy runner which suits this course. Um, you know, it'll be nice and handy. And like you say, if he doesn't remember that. Yeah. that fall he's going to be very dangerous i think tomorrow yeah absolutely um john you got one for us in the uh, in the main event yes i'm absolutely devastated that you'll pick that out because <laughs> two days ago i was telling a very argumentative ginger friend of mine that i'd put him out um and because it has got a trainer upgrade lizzie kelly was nothing more than a bad memory <laughs> And it was going to be best cart fresh. I was going to have a good bet on Sir Delac. So. Well, I think, like, surely with um, 
well, the three of us agreeing. Uh, that's, that's just that's a power now. It's, it's, a, a, it's a gold <laughs> maximum bet. Gold. Yeah. Has yeah. this ever happened before? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as I said, I thought well, I found one really left trail there. Um, the, the the other one I was interested in actually was was Slate House. I thought that would have won this last year, but it fell in the second mm-hmm. last. Um, but, Stable uh, just coming into form now. We've seen yeah. the, the green shoots of of revival from from the Tizard Stable. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, the uh, the pipey arse was me was me one. Right? So. We're, we're all in on Sarah Delac. It, it looks that way, doesn't it? <laughs> excellent, excellent. Um, so let's just have a little look at the at the supporting card. Now, I was really disappointed in the card today at Cheltenham. I thought it was. Possibly one of the worst cards I've seen at Cheltenham for, for a Premier meeting, or really, let alone any meeting. Um, so I didn't really play today. Um, the the juvenile hurdle to kick things off. Uh, I don't really like backing juveniles at this stage of the season. Lee, do you, do you have anything in in this race? Um, I've certainly no no bets, but I did have a really good bet on Duffelcoat at Weatherby last time. Um, He's he's progressive, but again, they put this horse to sleep a little bit. And on and on and on this track, I do I do I do like them a bit handier than than, than yeah. sort of drops out. So I'm not going to play. I think I think the Nichols horse is very short for what it's done. It had a very yes. easy lead at Chepster, very easy lead. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, it's it's not a, it's not a playing race for me, John. You anything in the um, juvie? Well, I think Duffel Court's a really really strong stand type, and it's probably going to be better in the actual triumph where I think you need to probably get to an half mm-hmm. um, rather than this where there won't be the same end to end gallop. I thought possibly a dad geo might run well but I'd, I'd be loath to oppose uh, full court really. Yeah and um, this is really confusing because obviously they've moved the races around a bit this year and um, this, this the conditional jockeys and amateurs riders race is normally what kicks things off on a on a on a Friday. Yeah. Um, this, I mean, this is all much of a muchness, and I think um, there's nothing in here that really stands out. Anything to me would be the winner of the uh, amateur riders race at the October meeting, Bermeo. Obviously, this is a better race. Gets in here off ten stone. Angus Angus Chalida taking seven off that. You, Really got to go with that again. Seven to one. I think. I think that'll be a bet for me on the day, Lee. Uh, no, I'm very strong on one in it. Um, okay. Uh, um, um, basically, kill Philham Cross. Uh, I, I think his form stands out against these. Uh, second um, in the uh, Kim Muir at Cheltenham um, uh, to, to Milan Native off uh, 138, 141 today. Um, a, a good, a, a, a probably a. I mean, he's never Fakenham was never going to suit him. It was clear to me that was a spin last time out. Okay. Um, and as I said, his balance of his form, I think, an each way bet. He, he loves this. He loves this course. If you look, he was he was um, he was second in the Kim Muir. Um, and um, in fact, in fact, he, that's right. Yeah, he was second in the Kim Muir twice over the yeah over three and a quarter miles. Yeah, I didn't know it was the same race. Yeah, so so basically, you've got a horse here that loves. Loves the track, loves love the ground, um, has handled big weights before, and I think he's a very, very, very solid each way bet in a in a race with little depth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I mean we are expecting any minute a deluge of rain. Yeah. Um, so 
and it, it's looking to be to be getting heavier he, heavier every time I, I look at the phone um, it's sort of it's going to start around three o'clock in the morning and then it, it really is just, it's going to just be rain all day so I think possibly by the time um, post time comes tomorrow I think we could even be looking at a little bit of heavy in the description um, which obviously is going to is going to maybe throw one or two people's punting out especially especially for ground that's been opened up and then rained on again for for Sunday um, but yeah uh, John what do you, do you like anything in this yes I did I like Dorshan Cove okay um, this is actually um one of about four horses to follow I've got over the sticks this year. Okay. Um, and it went in Minova a couple of times last year. Um, I think it's open to quite a bit of improvement, this horse, in its second season chasing. Um, it's 28-year-old, not a lot of miles on the clock. Um, I like the trainer very much. I think he's... Uh, He's doing really well with what, what material yeah. he gets. Um, I thought he ran as though it needed the Debrio this year. Um, and I think that will just put it spot on for this. And I think 132 is well, well within its capabilities. Okay. So I'm, uh, I'm really quite interested in that. Superb. Thanks for that, John. Um, moving on to the, the, the November chase, the 140. Um, I like, I, I like, I like the mare in this. Obviously, following the um, the footsteps of put the kettle on last year, um, Henry de Bromhead bringing over Zakareva. I know that she's got a little bit to find on official ratings. Um, uh, you know, she's she's a, she's a Grade Three winner in Ireland. I, I just I just have a bit of a, a strong fancy for her, and at eight to one, I'm quite quite prepared to 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 take that chance. Lee, with anything. Um, just a tentative choice here. Very difficult, obviously. Um, you know, with with first 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 time out this season um, for some horses, and 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 you know how how how's he going to take to the fences? But I, I did think there was something interesting about Kel Destan because it won on the flat, and the season yes. before it didn't manage to win on the flat of the same course, as if the same prep. And I was quite impressed with how it did it that day. Um, he only won a length, but I know it was off a low, fairly lowly mark. But And I know that's nothing to do with jumping fences. But just the fact of the well-being of the horse. I thought the yeah. horse was, was really well. Uh, and Paul Nichols being very positive about it in its schooling. So I thought Kel Destan a tentative choice for me uh, around the 9-2 mark. Okay, yeah. And obviously that was his first run back after a wind up, wasn't it? That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah, totally get that. Um, John, you with anything here? I thought Endo's horse was pretty blameless at the head of the market, really. Um, and obviously the Nicholas horse is a danger, but I wasn't really too excited by the contest, in honesty. Yep, I understand that. It's, um, I think there's plenty in there that's much of a muchness. Yes, yeah, took the words right out of my mouth. Okay, so we, we've covered the main event. Um, we'll just swing down here to the, the hurdle, the, the listed hurdle. Um, there, is, there is one that I like in here, and I wish that I'd have sort of liked it a bit more to play at the 12s because it's now 13 to 2, and that's Paul Nolan's horse, Mrs. Milner. Um, it's probably going to, by the time I end up sort of getting round to it, it's probably going to have gone a little bit 
too short for, for me to, to have a bet with that. Um, this looks like a typical um, competitive Cheltenham handicap. Um, T Clipper was um, was very, fairly solid at um, Chepstow. No, no surprise to see him heading the market there. Lee, you with anything? Um, yeah, interesting race. Mrs. Milner, I, I, I gave a squeak. Yes, like like you said at, yeah. at the big prices, I, I, I did like her. Um, however, I did like Golden Fortune, but again, the price is under pressure. Yeah. Double figures into about you know into shorter now, seven and eight to one. Golden Fortune won the race last year, um, and basically for me at Aintree, um, it was a bit of. Uh, it was a bit of a bit of a muddling sort of race, really, I, I, and that to me, I thought showed he's, he's in great form. And before that, he, he was sort of like never getting clear clear daylight. And I reckon he'll have needed it that day. He went off fifties uh, over an, an inadequate trip of, of mm-hmm. two miles five, and obviously now he, he'll get his uh, distance of ground. Interesting why they put the visor on first time. Yeah, might, might spark a bit of improvement. But anyway, Golden Fortune, I thought was interesting at, at the price. Okay, um, John. I thought Goodman Pat was possibly worth a little bit of a whisper. Um, decent enough debut this year. Um, just waking late on back up in trip um, for this twenty-five to one. A sporting bet, no more than that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that, John. Um, the intermediate hurdle is—I I don't know—it's not really a race that I would be getting involved in here, uh, Lee. Um, well, what I would advise anyone to do here is, I know, I know it's, it's a bit of a mug bet sometimes to back a horse after it's been backed, but the Nicky Henderson horse here, son of Camas, mm-hmm. uh, has had the wind up. Um, he thought a lot of this horse last year. He he put it in the Tolworth. Um, yes. You know, I mean, I mean... You'll, it, it's the kind of horse you'll look after this race. You'll look after the race, and it, it might go off say nine to four, two to one favourite, and you'll think, "Well, I can't back it at that." Oh. And it wins hard held off a mark of hundred and thirty-three <laughs> because the trainer thinks it's a. Yeah. In fact, he even said, uh, "I think before the Tolworth last year, he said he did, he did a terrific piece of work terrific. last Tuesday." So you can imagine that what he thinks of Son of Camas. So. It's one of them, really. After the event, you think, you know, this, yeah. this, this clearly this. ready because he says in here in the racing post, I like him a lot. The plan is to go chasing. He's a big burly horse and jumps fences very well. This will sharpen him up a bit. So obviously, in the great tradition of Endor, if you was in point blank to give anybody a leg up, um, he's uh, he's making sure he gets uh, eleven to four plus about this tomorrow. Yeah, I, I, I won't be. I won't be afraid of taking taking no, short Definitely be ready. That just that just increases my confidence that it will be ready. I'm saying that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Great stuff. Um, he, he wouldn't do you a favour, would he? I mean, no. no. If you were drowning, he'd chuck you a raised block. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nicky, Nicky, help! There you go. Um, Yeah, okay. (laughs) Moving swiftly on, the mayor's bumper. Um, Nothing for me. Nothing for me. No. John? Absolutely not. Um, Can can we do Wolverhampton now? Yeah, you can do it. (laughs) (laughs) 
if you have one at Wolverhampton, you go I, for it. I have one at Wolverhampton. Fabulous. Go on then. It is a strong nap. Okay. Um, this is in the 7.30, and it's a house called Commit No Nuisance. Okay. William Knight's. Um, yeah, Callum Shepard on board, have it here, yes. Yeah, the, the thing with this is... Um, it's definitely an all-weather horse. I'd have loved to have seen it round Southall, actually, because the, the, the straight leg action on it, you know, it just reminds you of proper American dirt grinder, really. Um, but this will do. I'm happy enough with this. Um, it's been gelded. Um, it's really unexposed on the all-weather. I think it's just one run. Um uh, it was crying out for further the last time we seen it. Um, William's in excellent form. He's got 60% on the racing course rate and his is running two or above expectations. I think eight to one is absolutely fantastic. I've already had some on. I'll probably have some more on. Keep shoveling it, John. Yeah. I'll tell you what... Um... I've, I've just said John's been saying that. I've just watched it back. Jeez. Um, I mean, yeah. Uh, how's that not going to improve plenty for yeah. an extra furlong for starters? Um, yeah. Really good shout, that John. Yeah. Okay. So everybody listening, remember where you first heard it. Commit no news from seven thirty at Wolves tomorrow night. So when you've done your absolute bollocks at Cheltenham and Pumpkin, <laughs> there's your get there's your get out stake definitely. And we do, of course, promote responsible gambling. I was, I was only joking. I probably should say that because you can get sued. Probably, probably will now, John. Your reputation precedes you. Um, John, you've got one at Punchestown for us, haven't you? Um, yes. Uh, it's the Gavin Cromwell arse in the Norris Chase. Um, yeah. What's he talking about? Star the star. Yeah, um, just trying to think of the one it's up against. Um, Sizing Potsy. Yeah, Felix Dejo is the favourite. Yeah, that also ran at Cheltenham, didn't it? Um, the, the thing is, I mean, this is clear on the clock. Uh, mm-hmm. It's got plenty in hand on the ratings. And yet, the more, more or less inseparable on price, these two. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing will just give it a nice laid up. It'll take him at the second last and win eight bands. Okay. Right stuff. Uh, the the Punchestown card is is absolutely fantastic over the two days. Um, on Sunday, of course, they've got the Mariana, but the the, the mayor's race is 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 beautiful. It's, it's a thing of beauty. Um, so I think probably out of you know out of the two meetings, is I'd say Punchestown's actually got the better quality this weekend. Um, but we will we'll move on. We'll move on to Sunday at Cheltenham. I actually think that this is probably out of the three days i think in terms of quality this is actually the strongest for, for me anyway um there's 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 a few that i like on this card and um if we'll just kick off with the first race the the, the novice chase um horse that's had his jumping problems but seems to have now straightened them out um the mighty don obviously um i think he, he won a potential qualifier here um over hurdles and He's, he's very, very talented, but hasn't always got the landing gear out. James Davis riding a few winners now as well. And if you look at the prices, I think 11 to 1 is, is rather over... I think they're going on his, on his 
like his reputation of falling rather than what his his talent. I, I think that that's um, that's a pretty big price. So I'll, I'll be having a bet in that. Lee, anything for you? Interested you you picked that one out, Catherine. Um, I was amazed that the mighty Don managed to overhaul Enrillo at Chepster because if if you watch Enrillo, it jumped phenomenally. And and I mean, in running, Betos thought the same thing because obviously they forced Enrillo into a short price throughout because of the way he was jumping. And the mighty Don just just it's, you know it's, it, it, it was like getting off the canvas and saying you know mm-hmm. I can't I can't catch you because you're jumping every fence so well. And 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 he just overhauled him. Just said, right, I'm coming after you. I've got you. And like you say, I, I thought the same. I thought like double figures for that. I, I, I there's no way I'd be laying tens plus the mm. mighty dom. So yeah, good pick, good pick. Yeah, it's um, I've always liked the horse, um, and it's it's just been it's just been unfortunate. But I think that uh, like he took an absolute crusher of a fall at Kempton. Of course, Kempton being such a speed track, we all know they can go a fair clip around here, but kind of I think that obviously with the ground as well by the time we get to Sunday they are going to be going that little bit slower which I think will help him I think when he's absolutely flat out into a fence is sometimes where where he can become unstuck and I think I think 11 to 1 is, is a fair price for that and um, moving on to the uh, the handicap chase and um, horse in here that definitely won't mind the heavy ground at all another one from the pipe stable is uh, Ramsey Detay and um, one here over hurdles last season and um, I think obviously he's, he's had a, he's had a warm up. He's had he's had a run. I think that's going to be putting him spot on for this. You've got all the usual suspects for for what you would think for a a, a long distance Cheltenham handicap chase. You know we've got um, Yalarenki in there. We've got West Approach. You've got Big River. You've got Cloth Cap. But Ramsey Detay at eight to one, he'd be the bet for me. And um, John, have you had a look at this long distance chase? Yes. I know how you love them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Take, take a bit of the rating. Um, quite like cloth cap, um, but I thought the uh, the double swastika one, uh, number eight, Captain Drake. German bred both sides of the pedigree. Um, I think by Sunday it might be pretty swampy down there. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, unlike yourself, Catherine, I don't go to all Simon Clarence's Tupperware parties. So. <laughs> <laughs> regular. He's a local Avon guy, you know. Regular. Yeah. Um, I don't know the, the total inside track on the ground, but I'm, I mean, it'll be very boggy on uh, on Sunday, and I think uh, it'll probably suit Captain Drake. Ach, dung, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. Lee, anything? Yeah, I I was very keen on cloth cap because. I, I, I was taken aback that the that there was money for this. Uh, yeah, yeah, we said at the time, didn't we? We did, yeah, on reappearance. I'm thinking, no, surely not. Um, but it's clear to me then. So they've backed it on reappearance. So that means to say they're sharper than they normally are, and mm-hmm. they've obviously got a grand national aim with this. I think so. Yes. They, they, they're wanting about probably what would you want one four one four four one four five yeah, yeah. yeah so this will be off for its life um and you know it's one of them it's got not nice weight travels well a bit jady in a finish but each way a pleasure i think around the eight to one mark yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. Totally get that um racing here of 10-6 as well yeah uh, certainly be a help in 
what will be a lake by Sunday. Um, moving on to the Fleur chase, um, however way you want to pronounce that. Um, I mean, I must yell at Catherine. I'm thanks. not even going to attempt to get anywhere near that. It's just that Fleur to me. <laughs> That's only because in my time from broadcasting at Cheltenham, if you don't get the correct pronunciation of every race and every sponsor, you get a beating. So that's the only way that I know how to pronounce that. Um, anyway, um, I would be very concerned about the form of the Hobbs Yard uh, for Deffy. I'm not really sure what happened in the champion chase because felt that he really did progress last season and really showed himself um, from a horse that I thought the previous season possibly didn't always want to go past. I thought that he really showed himself to be a real, a real little street fighter last season. Um, very, very odd in the champion chase. Uh, why he was taken that wide, I'll, I'll, I'll never know. I don't know. Just still scratching my head about that one. Um, of course, an all-known form. Of course, he's going to be favourite. But it's actually the second favourite, the, the Arca winner that, that really interests me. Put the kettle on. Her jumping. Oh, her jumping is just a, a thing of beauty. It really is. Um Obviously, she loves it round here. No bother with the ground. Um, she's the bet for me in there. We're good to see Rouge Viff stepping up. Um, lo looks to be the the next logical step for him. But I think this this is a, this is a pretty decent race. Also got obviously got a previous Arca winner in here, Duke de Genève, running for Paul Nichols for the first time. Uh, wind up, and he wears a hood and a tongue tie for the first time. So it'd be good if he could recapture a little bit of form as well. Um, John, fancy anything? Not really. I, I was hoping that Brian Ellison would revise his plans and take Forest Behan somewhere where it might win. Uh, <laughs> because I like this horse fresh and okay. uh, I think it will probably run well up until about the fourth last. Um, but I would have liked to have seen it on better ground. Okay. Um, I don't think... This also, if, if the rain doesn't materialise, I will have a bit on at 33 plus. Okay. Just because I, I do think it, it goes along quite nicely fresh. Okay. Uh, Ali? Well, uh, con concurring with, with, with what you were saying about Deffy de Sir, um, the, the form of the Hobbs Yard particularly is poor uh, mm -hmm. when they're making the reappearance. For example, since, since restart, uh, Hobbs is just six percent with the uh, horses off off the absence. Just six percent, just beating forty three percent of the runners. So he doesn't even beat half the runners. So you can see why people make the uh, dead yard analogy. But he's not so dead after one run. But when they haven't had a run, he's been terrible. So I think anyone that is rushing to take the two to one with with a dead jockey on on board as well. I mean, it's it's. It, it's it's no good for me that it's late with striping deputies on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, hilarious. Um, the Great Wood, I think, is um, is is a great, a great little race. I do like the Great Wood. Obviously, uh, your friend's got a runner in this, guys. Yes, Mister Dan Greatwood. Yeah. Just him Mister Greatwood. Anyway, um, it can't win, can it? He's made a complete mess. Um, 136. I don't think it was Dan's ever plan to... Um, I mean, the Yatoxis to win, for example, I think took him by surprise because I don't think, you know... I'm not saying it wasn't there to do its best, but basically 
it wasn't there to do its best. <laughs> but I think anyway. you just keep taking I mean, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying that he wasn't supposed to be off, but he wasn't supposed to be off. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so 100, 136, um, it's, that's just a silly mark when you consider that one of Skelton's later on in the card's got 129, that's probably should be 149. It's, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's, yeah, so, poor Dan. I think it's all, all gone wrong off 130. It's all gone wrong. Yeah. And it, is, it, it started off so positively as well. Um, there are a couple in here that interest me, actually. Um, Tudor City, obviously, past winner of the Galway Hurdle. Liam McKenna takes a valuable seven off. Ground would be just right for him, 33 to one at the moment. That's, that's a nice price. Um, Leo, I know we talked about this earlier in the week, Sebastopol. Just waiting to see what the what the ground is like, really, for that one. Um, of course, Jonathan Burke has a great association for Tom Lacey. People go on about when um, Dickie rides for Tom Lacey. Well, I'd rather have Jonathan Burke riding for Tom Lacey any day of the week. Um, and one right down the bottom, can't really quite work out what's going on. Um, chase rating of 132, hurdle rating of 128. Um, Emmett Mullins with the shunter. Uh, hood and tongue tying on for the first time, only 14 to 1. Um, I'm not really sure, is this put in here um, as a little stepping stone to something else? Or is this put in here for the for the real deal? We'll never know um, until we see what, what, what the market is doing on Sunday morning. But they would certainly be three that interest me. Obviously, the ground very dependent for our friend Sebastopol. Um, yourself, Lee? Yeah, uh- Pretty much. I mean, I do like Sebastopol because, uh, I mean, when, when he um, won at Wing, Wing, was it Wing Canton, I think it was? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yes, it was. I mean, I, I don't think I've seen a more impressive uh, handicap hurdle winner all last season uh, mm-hmm. than, than that than that win at Wing Canton. And then, and then at Huntington next time, it didn't quite uh, work, work out for him. I, I think the different ride, close up, keen, didn't, didn't quite work out. And then he went to Musselburgh, you know, did did it well, but I do think he's ground dependent, and I, I wanted good ground for him. You know, that, yeah, that yeah, the, yeah. But so it's it's a shame, and I'm struggling for a selection. I've got to be honest. Really. Okay, okay. Um, John. Yes. Um, cast your minds back 811 days. Um, picture the saying that Vichy. Uh, <laughs> thinking. Um, noddles up in a. 11 on a hurdle. Um, we don't see it since. Now, whether it's been riding around on Pipey's BMX all this time, I don't know. But looking at what's gone on, we've got a wind up, we've got a tongue tie. There's everything gone on there except in your kitchen being fitted. Um, <laughs> why? Uh, That's Ronan's job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, this could be having a noddle round town and winning 15 lands and everybody's happy. Mm-hmm. But no, it's coming here. Um, thinking. Just You're thinking. I, I just, I'm thinking it's hugely significant. Okay, John, nice spot. Well done. Yeah, good show. Not often I imagine myself at Beachy, I must admit. But, you know, you've, you've put me right there now. I almost feel um, en français. Um, yeah, good You spot. can smell the garlic, couldn't you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's a thing. I mean, the run at Vichy was 27th of August 
Yeah, yeah, you're right. What is it doing here? Um, okay, let's let's move on to the the last few races here at Cheltenham. Of course, we've got the Supreme Trial. Um, had a had a brief, not really one I might get involved in. Let's see what happens with the price of Dilo Valis. Um, Lee, did you sweet on one here? Yeah. Um, Dan Dan Skelton's is absolutely different gear. Um, to 129. I mean, we, we talked about Cormier getting 136. Mm-hmm. Um, for sort of question, questionable form in my in my in my view, but that, but then Dan's got this one off 129 by winning at one to six and two to seven, beating absolute geese. But mm-hmm. we see we see geese. Um, the one it beats at your Toxita Ocean Drifter uh, went in beat Earl of Harrow at Fontwell next time. Um, in his novice hurdle, has got a rating of 120, and he absolutely thrashed Ocean Drifter, and I mean thrashed. Um, 129. I would at this stage of his career, I would say there's an 140 performance in him at the moment, and at six to four ish, I think he's a banker. Okay, awesome. Thanks for that. Um, uh, John, anything for you? Uh, arguing with that would be like taking on 60 coppers in the minor straight. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm oh, throwing full oh. square behind Lay there. Okay. Uh, move on to the uh, the bumper. Um, obviously, quite a notable one uh, for, over from the BFG. Um, that's big fat gourd, by the way. It's just easier just to say the yes. BFG. Um, Camp David uh, was beaten by this horse at Listol nine lengths. Um, comes here. I really like to get involved in bumpers that much, um, but I might we'll see see what the ground does. See what see what happens with see what happens with the price. We'll know what's happening with the market, but I think it's significant that he's um, he's popping over here for a run round the listed bumper when he could be doing that in his in his you know his home ground. Uh, Lee, anything in the bumper? Yeah, I'm, I'm like you. I mean, I, I don't like playing in bumpers because yeah. I, I, I've not got a great record myself, and I know that. Uh, I like to get involved, but somehow I never do well. But the, but this one looked a machine at least, yeah. absolute machine. Um, but then again, you know, you're dealing with young, young, uh, unexposed stores that you know you don't know what's coming. So, Absolutely. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, John Bumper. By this stage of proceedings, at a place like Cheltenham, usually the water's gone through the islets in your brogues. Your feet are cold and wet. The other three the that you share... The and the red trousers are soaked. Yeah, the other three that you share in the car with have all had a bet, and all you want to do is head for the car. <laughs> um, that would be my take on the bumper. Okay, um, just a quick look at the um, Sunday card at Punch's Town, because it is... It, it is pretty decent. Um, that's that's an understatement. Um, it's quite latest exhibition runs in the um, Florida Pearl. Obviously, was involved in that fantastic finish, uh, beating the neck in the, in the Albert Bartlett. Um, comes here at the four to six favourite. Um, but Lee, I see our friend Court Maid is actually she's on a chase mark of 142 latest exhibition of course yet to get a mark over fences um but i still i do feel that there is um further improvement in this mare so and she is currently 15 to 2 
So again, um, something I will be watching. Got an absolutely amazing mare's hurdle, the listed uh, mare's hurdle, Magic of Light, Daylight Katie, Build Me Up, Buttercup, Ellie May, and Black Tears. Um, great selection of girls there. Um, if you have any fences at Punchestown, please just shout at me now. Um, Sam Ra, Sam Wa, rather, running in the um, in the Morgiana. Um, they did a fantastic job. Um, and they getting this um, to run off 137 in the in the county um, should have should have been there playing for all to see. I didn't spot it at the time. Kicked myself after the race. I uh, won the Grade Three at Tipperary. Um, looks to be on course for the Champion Hurdle now. Now got a, a rating of 156. Um, yes, kicked myself all the way home that night for that. Not spotting that in the in the county. I think festival fatigue had, had set in by then. Um, do you think that it's going to be a another Mullins uh, whitewash in the uh, Morgiana? Uh, you, you'd expect so. Yeah. Um, I mean, yes. That, I mean, we, we talk about um, you know, like trainers having been mob-handed in in races, but but yeah. Um, I mean, he's not mob-handed in this, but basically he dominates the race, yeah. so can't can't see anything else, but. Did you back him in the county, Lee? No. No. <laughs> no I'm still I'm still upset about that. Um, John, before we go, anything for your Sunday's card at Punch and Town? I just thought if Jesse Harrington could get Magic of Lake back to the farm that Jeremy Trey had it in 27 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it would be an absolute cakewalk in the one off there. John, you're absolutely on form tonight, I must say. It's been um, it's been a pleasure. Um, okay, so there are thoughts on the weekend racing. Um, we'll see what happens with the weather. In the meantime, um, stay safe and let's hope we're back on a race course soon. Thank you for listening.